Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am pleased today to have Carissa St. Laurent with us. Carissa is a phenomenal professional speaker. She is one who speaks with expertise in marketing. She was a former wellness consultant and practitioner. She shares her stories as a speaker, an entrepreneur, mother, and adoptee. And more than anything, her stories really resonate with soul searching and lifelong learning. Welcome, Carissa. Thank you so much, Raya. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I wanted to have you on the show because I love, first of all, your message. Your talk is Reclaim Your Roar. And I think that's so important, especially as female entrepreneurs, to not only have a story and to be able to express it, but to do it in a way that brings the power back to it. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about your mission right now, and then we can kind of backtrack and get you back to you know how this all became. Sure. I'm on a personal mission to help as many women as I possibly can to free their voice and use the power of their voice to up-level their business, their work, as well as enhance their life. For me, it's a personal journey that I've been on to do the same exact thing. And I have been so served and gifted by the power of speaking and using my voice. I love that. Your workshop was so powerful too. So when Carissa and I have met previously through Business Among Mothers at a separate event, but we both were at the Superwoman Summit in Portland this year, and she was one of the workshop speakers. And it was so surprising how interactive things were and how open people were to sharing their experiences. I definitely saw some shift changes in there in the way that we were thinking about how we were showing up in the way that we spoke with people. When I do this work, I tap into people's blocks and fears first, and we really go there because you know I, I honestly believe that anybody can be a powerful public speaker, anybody, even if you are deathly afraid of it, and even if you feel like, oh, I'm not an extrovert, I'm not you know gregarious, I can't get up there and do that, they must be that way, or they must be a trained professional or a trained whatever. All of those doubts and fears, which I had too, can be overcome, and the skills can be learned, but the place that I take people to first is, is is into that fear and into those blocks and into those emotional places that oftentimes aren't necessarily explored when it comes to learning professional development skills. And so uh, doing the work is such an honor for me because people allow me to go there with them and, and they go there with me. And there can be tears, there can be, like you said, you know, just sharing of, of really these deep hidden fears that I just feel really honored to get to be people's guide in that. You know, it's funny because, well, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic, because I think when we think of the most impactful speeches that we've heard or talks that we've heard, usually they are ones where people are imperfect and very vulnerable. I know I went from like not doing any public speaking and then several years ago, I was asked to speak at a women's retreat. 
And there was probably about 150 women there. And I, I don't know what prompted me to say yes. <laughs> like, here's my first talk and I'm speaking to all of these women. And honestly, it was on such a personal topic too, that I pretty much cried through the whole thing. I mean, like, not like, I mean, I was able to deliver the talk, but it was just so vulnerable. But I remember that afterwards, obviously, I'm a very extroverted person, but I was really laying my soul out there. And someone like came up to me and she's like, something you said just really stuck out. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, that you have a really messy house. She's like, I'd love to host you at my house. Cause I feel like I could let you see my messy house. <laughs> and so it's like, you never really know what's going to resonate with people. But sometimes even if you're like internally crying through the whole thing, or even like sh shedding tears, it's that vulnerability of putting yourself out there, even when you feel like you're doing it in a way that expresses weakness, that actually brings you power. Yeah. And, and it's, there's so many ways to connect to a person or an audience and, and the way that I help people to find the power of their voice and reclaim that roar is essentially by having them really tap into the, the unique personality traits of their own and, and the things that they have passion in and being able to connect to those things yourself means that you can then more carefully and, and readily share those with others. And, and so there's a lot of self-discovery that goes into finding your voice and using it effectively. And the work that I do, which is like you had said in my intro, I work with people who are soul searching, who want to do some soul searching because becoming a better anything means going deep first into the, into your soul to find what is it that I want? What is it that I made? Of. What? Why am I here? All of these really deep questions that I feel are so important in order to get good at any new set of skills and really get aligned with who you are first so that you can bring that forth in your business, in your speeches, in your talks, in your delivery of products and services and all of the things that you know, we see as outside of ourselves, but getting to know who we are, where that comes from first within is the first step. So I love that understanding of getting vulnerable and connected to who you are first to then be able to give more of that and give it more freely and more authentically, you know, in whatever expression it comes in. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's funny because as entrepreneurs and in marketing, they spend so much time having us focus on our ideal client avatar, really, really honing in on who it is that you're communicating with and knowing every single thing and building out this person in your mind. And like what you're really saying is before you like hold the horses here, like before you go out and build your ideal client avatar, like build out the Raya Gonzalez, like, oh, for sure. You what is your likes and wishes? What are your, you know, desires of your heart? What are the things that really move you? What stories do you have to tell? Where do you hang out? Where do you, you know what I mean? Like build your own avatar before you figure out who you're trying to speak to, um, which I think is a really overlooked and very important step. 
Oh, 100%. You know, I've, I've spent the last 13 plus years in marketing and business development. And I, although I love the work and love helping people at the level of their business, I decided two years ago that I really wanted to help the entrepreneur or the executive or the professional behind the business. I wanted to go back to my wellness roots and really help the people behind the business or behind the work to understand who they are and understand what they're made of and understand what they're really going for and shooting for and that being the foundation for success in the way that we normally would mark that externally, right? Success in revenue growth and career trajectory and in business being successful in life and relationships being successful. It's like all these things that we use to signify our success are typically external markers, right? But oftentimes we are missing the fact and the really important steps of connecting to ourselves first and to getting aligned with ourselves first and finding that love and success and acceptance and power deep within that drives all those other things and makes them even more successful. It makes them even more than satisfying to us because they're really deeply connected to who we are. So it's kind of like the difference between personal branding and branding of your business or company and uh, getting to that place. It takes a lot of work. And, you know, so it's one of those things that people oftentimes overlook because they're like, ah, <laughs> I don't need to know who I am. I'm just going to do this thing. And we are so driven in our society also to really focus on stuff that's external to us. And success is, you know, first it's grades in school, then it's degrees and certifications, then it's success at work and jobs and businesses being successful. And, you know, for me, the thing that has helped me become the most successful I can be measured in a lot of different ways is by tapping into who I am and understanding that, accepting who I am and loving that, and then getting to this place where I really am purpose-driven from a really deep place. So if somebody wanted to, let's say they're saying, I hear what you're saying, Krissa. I don't have a firm handle on what my voice is. I want to reclaim my roar. You know, what are some very basic steps that someone could do in order to play with what that might feel like, you know, play with what that might look like for them. Yeah, the first step and the harder, I would say, steps for people. And this is because this is where we need to really dig deep into the soul and into this place that sometimes people don't like to go or it's hard to go to. So they skip out on this step. But this is really the first step is to dig deep into your soul, to find that passion and purpose within. And that requires facing fear. So if you've read that book, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. There's so much research and so many books out there that help in facing fear. And fear is really the response that oftentimes will then stunt the whatever moving forward steps are, are going to be made. And so fear is at the heart of all things that block our courage and block us from being able to move forward. And fear, when it's a healthy fear, a fear that is good to have, meaning, you know, fear of real, actual, imminent dangers, that's a great response to have. But when it's fear of things that really don't pose any real threat to us, those are the things that really need to be explored and looked at more 
critically and looked at with uh, using the full force of our cognitive functioning in the area of our you know executive reasoning and this part of our brain that essentially talks to us you know we can talk to it and, and have a conversation essentially with ourselves that place needs to be explored when it comes to the fear of what's holding us back from speaking now most of us have a fear of getting up in front of people to share our thoughts and feelings and our ideas because this leads to a fear of rejection which is really baked into us innately from a time in which we were living in a place where you know we were hunter gatherers and we were living in tribes and being actually rejected from our tribe and ostracized would mean you know imminent death and threats from you know, not being able to find our own food or being hunted down by predators. And that is a very real feeling that we still all hold. And that fear of social rejection is tied to that. And we can tie all these things to social rejection or public speaking is one of them. Public speaking is highly tied to this sense of social anxiety and fear of rejection. So it's tapping into these really deep evolutionarily laid down set of fears. However, we are not in that state anymore, right? We're not because of being potentially rejected by a person or an audience going to face imminent deaths and threats that can't overcome. So we need to have that conversation then with that executive reasoning portion of our brain to say, you know, oh, well, that's no longer the case. You know, if I happen to be rejected from by this audience, I am not going to face certain deaths. So let's calm the nervous system. Let's change the response by changing that narrative in our mind and creating a new narrative around this does not mean, this does not threaten me or lead to potential uh, harm or death if I get up in front of this audience. So it's changing that narrative within, but also then facing our own individual fears of the things that have been laid down in your own personal life. And that oftentimes requires you to heal some past trauma or to deal with some issues, whatever may have quieted you, stunted your own sense of communication and self-worth that you could speak out and out and up about what you care about, the things that you might have dealt with in your own life. And that requires some healing and it requires facing that. And that will be your, everyone's own personal path, but certainly a longer part of the journey that people don't necessarily need to expect to go on when it comes to becoming a great public speaker. But I'm telling you this, you can learn every single technique that there is out there to be a better speaker and how to stand and how to project your voice and connect to an audience. But until you've truly connected to yourself and come to this place of self-acceptance and self-love and owned that worth, you won't be able to stand up and speak from that level of authenticity that really truly connects to an audience. So that's what I would say are the, the first series of steps that people need to go through in order to get to the place then of being able to actually free their voice and use it. And this brings me to a point where in something that is relevant for women in the workplace, not even just entrepreneurs, but I've been I recently listened to the book Work out by Mel Robbins on Audible. And almost in every situation, she talked about the chronic illness of invisibility of women in the workplace and that they will feel bitter or slighted or be overlooked. They're losing opportunities to be seen 
by not speaking up mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that just brings attention to the things that they're already doing. We do it because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be have the attention on us sometimes, but there's a way of owning our awesome without flaunting it in our face. And I think sometimes that might be the thing where it's like, I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm so great. I'm a public speaker or whatever. I would say like, who would want to hear me talk for an hour? Like, what? God's green earth. And then I just had a workshop and I packed the workshop and people stayed for an entire hour. And I was just like, oh, uh, people want to hear what I have to say, you know, like, and I think it all boils down to number one, like just being real and, you know, make mistakes. Obviously you have to be prepared, but just like allowing the vulnerability to come and the fear to come and just maybe using it as a check-in and saying, okay, this means that I'm on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. And understanding that you're human, right? We're all human. You're standing up there as a human being connecting to other human beings. And that's what's so exciting and I think glorious about the role of being able to lead a meeting or stand up and lead a presentation or speak in front of an audience. You have this opportunity to move other people, to help other people, to empower other people. That's what should be driving you, not this fear of like, everybody's looking at me. It should be this joy and excitement to help other people through the stories you have and the expertise and experience you have. And getting to that place of where you can move into contributing to others, sharing with others as being the driver versus, oh, I'm going to stand up here and be brilliant. And you know, everyone's going to love me and look at me. And you need to move beyond that place to this place of service. And and that could be even in a one-on-one conversation, you know, it doesn't need to necessarily always be, you know, this from a stage type of scenario. But when you're in communication with other people and you are sharing your thoughts and ideas, you are sharing yourself, right? You're sharing who you are. You're sharing the what you're generating and the creativity of who you are. And you're sharing that hopefully in the service of others so that you can be of service to others. So that's where really that exploring yourself and healing comes into play and getting into this grounded state of owning your own worth. Because when you don't do all of those things and you don't get into that place, you do often tend to share from a more self-serving way, right? Like I want to be adored or I want people to think I'm smart. So I'm going to, you know, speak up and share my ideas or I'm going to do it in a really loud way because I'm still insecure and I need to make sure everyone hears me. So, you know, there's a lot of ways of getting your words out and getting your thoughts out. But when it's done from this place of really knowing and loving and accepting yourself, then it's done in a way that is typically not coming from a place of insecurity or a place of narcissism or a place of self-service. It's coming from that place of, I've got something to share and I want to give it to you. I love that. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, don't give away your secret sauce, okay? But (laughs) what is it like when people work with you? What is the process like or what do you take them through so that they can come out from like meowing into roaring at the end? (laughs) So like give the like high level overview of what your program is like and how you help women. The program is begins with an online course that walks people through a process and leads and guides you through this process of really 
of self-discovery. There's a lot of questions that I ask within this course. The questions are designed to have you look within and question yourself and the ways you've been thinking and the ways you've been acting and the ways that you've been feeling. And that really is where it all begins of asking yourself these questions of, you know, is this truly a fear? Where does this come from? Where do I have other beliefs that could replace these limiting beliefs that I currently have? And who am I really at the core of myself? What does my inner voice actually say and want for me? So I help people get there. And then we get into the really more expressive elements of learning how to roar, which are using your own personality, becoming empowered and using your empowerment to connect to others and doing that from a poised and graceful place of really connecting to other people at the heart of who they are. And that comes through having a sense of calm and centeredness within yourself. And that doesn't mean you're always calm. You might be up there like super excited and you might be talking, you know, all excitedly about a subject, but having a center within that you go back to pause within and getting to that place of where it all connects inside um, to a place where ideally when you're speaking or presenting a topic that could be a story of yours, it could be expertise that you have, or it could be just sharing experiences and experiential knowledge. When you're sharing that, you get to a place where it's so a part of who you are and you're so comfortable with who you are and so comfortable with the subject matter that you could just stand up and talk and share without notes, without slides, without prep even. And that might be for, you know, only one subject that you are extremely passionate about, whereas the other things you might have a lot more tools with you to present, but getting to that place of real freedom within your voice and real freedom within what you're doing. And that's what I, I guide people through. So the online course is the first step. There's a lot of exercises and activities built into that to help you along the way and connection with me throughout that process that you're in that. But I created it as an online course because it's such a personal journey. That part of connecting and freeing your voice and learning how to use it is so personal and it takes whatever time you need and whatever, you know, it's really going to be what you get out of it is what you put into it. So that is self-paced and can be done your own pace and in your own time and in your, the comfort of your own room, you know, if there's deeper things that you're doing and tears that might come up, sure, you, know, you can, sure. yeah, do that on your own. And then the program will culminate in uh, recording yourself and sending me that in us having a one-on-one -on -one coaching session together uh, to be able to work with me personally, where I help to deepen the practice of what you've just learned to do. And I understand that you have a gift for the listeners in relationship to your course. I do. Yes. So the online course alone is an option. You don't need to work one-on-one -on -one with me, but I wanted to make it a gift for everybody to be able to get the online course and the one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me at the price of just the online course alone. So the 
promo code that uh, Raya is going to share with you all. It's CXREV, so C-X-R-E-V. If you use that promo code, you'll get the full program, the online course and the one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me for $195, and that would be regularly $295. That's amazing. Thank you so much for the presents. Of course. Everyone loves gifts. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so excited, too, to work with people and to, you know, the online course is fantastic and it's an amazing starter and it's a way to get going and to go deep and to set yourself up for success but then the practice begins and then the you know the real work <laughs> begins of actually practicing and getting feedback and working with a professional coach and a trainer and that's the kind of work that I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching session could also just be the beginning I do ongoing one-on-one -on -one coaching as well that's available for people who really have a specific set of goals in mind of, you know, they want to get on this conference stage in 2021, or they have, you know, a set of meetings that are coming up in there. They're really trying to show, you know, their, their true colors and impress people within the meeting or what they've got a, a best a bridesmaid speech or, you know, some goal that they have in mind that's really specific could be great to go deeper into some further one-on-one -on -one coaching. That is so great. I can't express to everybody how, what an amazing gift this is because watching Carissa live is just a beautiful thing to see. It was such a collaborative room. We all felt very, very supported and you know, we talked about ways that we show up for ourselves and ways that we don't show up for ourselves and how are we expressing ourselves. And then people even signed up to be accountability buddies. So the work that she's doing is not just, this is not Toastmasters. This is like seriously digging deep, figuring out what motivates you, and then finding a way to literally reclaim your roar and communicate that to the world. So I would invite anyone who has the remote amount of interest or need to take advantage of this offer that she's giving us and to really engage with Carissa. And also she has an awesome social media. We're going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. So do follow her, get on her email list because there's always tips and tricks and things that are helpful reminders. But Carissa, I always love to end the show by asking two things. And the first thing I would love to know is if there was only one thing that our listeners could walk away with a tidbit that really, really sticks with them, what would it be that you would want them to understand and walk away with? It would be to get to a place of true self-acceptance and self-love. I can't stress that enough of how important that is to life, to success in all things, relationships, work, your company, your business, whatever you are trying to do in your life and how you want to show up and be successful and live the best life, it all begins from that place of true self-acceptance and self-love. And that can, it can seem like a frivolous kind of, oh yeah, I love myself. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a badass, whatever. But getting into this place of True self-acceptance and self-love means that we're no longer judging ourselves. We are uh, loving ourselves unconditionally. It's not that we don't see our potential flaws or the things we need to work on or what we're not good at. That's what self-acceptance is truly about, that you see those things. You're like, oh, I accept that. I'm not the best at this thing, but I'm going to strive to grow and I'm going to love myself anyway and love myself through this all. And I may never become a concert violinist, but I'm going to do this thing and love it and try my hardest and, and put in the best effort. 
So that would be the best uh, piece of advice that I could give is to work on that and, and never stop. Just continue that as a, a lifelong pursuit. That is perfect. And I think that that is something that I will definitely take away from too. It's a journey that I'm on and it's always a good reminder to do. What would you say that the best advice that, and it could be related or unrelated, but what's the best advice that you've ever been given that you've taken away? Oh, this was a hard one to accept <laughs> and swallow, but I, it is absolutely the best piece of advice I've been uh, given, which was from my dad. And back when I was in high school, he told me, and I was hanging around, I had one of those bad boy boyfriends and you know he was not uh, good for me <laughs> and he was not a great example for my impressionable self at the time. And, and he told me, you know, who you surround yourself with matters. You need to surround Surround yourself with people who you can look up to and that are great people and great examples of human beings. He didn't say it maybe as eloquently back then, but that's what I've taken from it is that I need to surround myself with people who bring out the best in me and who are examples of the types of humans that I see shining in the world and that are giving off that light that is so powerful and that are contributing and sharing with others in these beautiful selfless ways and be able to surround myself with the people that I wish to be and that I hope to be. So it's certainly a harder thing to do when you're a teenager and you are, <laughs> I didn't know myself then and I didn't know exactly who I was and I would have been better served absolutely back then surrounding myself with better examples and better models and people who would bring out the best in me. So yeah, long and hard lesson to learn, but for certain the best piece of advice I've ever received. That's amazing. What is the best way for people to reach out to you? Where are you hanging out most these days? Uh, probably on Instagram. They can connect with me there. My handle is at Carissa St. Laurent. And that's a, a fun place as well as informative place to connect with me. You can really see who I am and what I'm about and the things that I share in my life and my work and personal and professional are all there. So that's a good spot. And then my website. And that's carissasaintlaurent.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. It was today, my Carissa. pleasure, Raya. Thanks so much for having me on. It was so fun. Okay, well, this has been episode 15, Reclaim Your Roar with Carissa St. Laurent. And we invite you to return and visit with us next time. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day.